Thanks for joining us at Theology Thursday. Hey, hey. Theology Thursday. Um, That's it. And today, do you know, we're thinking about the normative and regulative principle. Are we? Yeah, we right. totally are. I was thinking pastoral care. Oh, okay. You can do that. No, we can yeah, do your one. Fun. I like your one better. Let's do yours. All right. Okay. Um, dude, yeah. I'm a regulative guy. Are you? You mm-hmm. see, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence of it. Oh, really? Um, I am a bit on the fence, yeah. Now, yeah. Well, you know, they said in the last days, you know, that... <laughs> I mean, the, the, no, do you know what it is? It's not actually... Um, okay, do you want to just go ahead and define normative and regulative so that people can follow the conversation? Otherwise, they're going to be like, what? Um, okay, here's a really rough hack definition, but um, basically, regulative is... Um, you know, the, the whole thing is regulated by Scripture, but but what we're saying there is that you can't do anything that's not positively commanded. So if it's not, um, it's not that you just uh, get to go, hey, well, this is not forbidden. Let's, let's uh, in our worship, um, you know, add this and that. If it's not expressly commanded, it's forbidden, is the idea in regulative um Worship, mm-hmm. um, and so typically your form churches will have this. I mean, this is in the Westminster in 1689, and um, and so it it pretty much governs. I like it. The reason I like it is because of um, the reality. Because of I mean, especially the way it came out of the Roman Catholic context, you see that people were just doing anything they wanted to, and they had yeah. to solve their problem. But then. You know, what they were struggling with so much is the way in which the church could impose upon the liberty of conscience. And, um, and you know, Christ had died to set people free from any impositions and traditions of men and that sort of thing. So yeah. to keep the conscience free during worship or, or not to impose upon the conscience, stick to what God has said we should do, you know? Yeah, hang, hang on a sec, hang on. Just define normative first. Normative is the yeah. other way around. So basically, yeah, like if it's, um, if it's not forbidden, you can do it. Yeah. You know, there's your if, seriously if, rough yeah, definition. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, it is. It, in reality, though, it 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 does. In reality, normative principle works according to the principles of scripture too, mm-hmm. but just with a um, at one level, I guess you could say, with a degree of freedom. So you can you can do things that are not expressly commanded mm-hmm. because you feel like they might be helpful for the upbuilding of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I guess it's, it's you're taking principles of scripture like um, every time we gather, what we sh- you know from Corinthians, for example, which says every time we gather, everything should be done for the upbuilding of the body, and therefore mm-hmm. that is your principle, mm-hmm. and that and and you can kind of you can do whatever so mm-hmm. long as you are. Um, convinced that it is going to be something that's going to build up rather than break down, like and a, dra- the same like way, a, like a skit be- drama. Yeah, well, some people would do that, wouldn't they? <laughs> they I would. mean, some people would do that, <laughs> and actually, some people. Would- I mean, look, if it's getting to skit drama phase, I'm out of there, right? That's that's um, <laughs> that, that's Why, the one. Mike, <laughs> the arts, the arts. Don't be so cerebral. You should be more more right brained. I didn't come to church to freaking see some chump on stage doing a lame skit, you know. I came to church did to I worship. Did I ever tell you about the time when when uh, the prophet Johann did a interpretive dance 
yeah. um, just to me, just one one on one dog. <laughs> oh my goodness, that Good is grief. just the prophet Johan. I mean, dude, you had me, you had me at Johan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only, oh, it's just so awkward. I was like, bro, what are you doing? This is not normal in any sphere of my mind. Okay, I'm going to inter- interrupt this uh, thing. You got to tell us the story. Go, the whole thing. <laughs> okay, so I was, <laughs> I was at a scripture union, leaders training weekend and um we were doing one of those kind of debriefs at the end of the day and um and i was kind of busy sharing about something and then this guy who you know was he he, he self it was self-proclaimed prophet he had the gift of prophecy mm-hmm. and used to prophesy over folk but one day he just kind of brought in this this boom box you know and <laughs> I, after i was sharing he just put it on and he just said guys I really feel like I have to dance for you. And then he just put on his music and he started to dance. And you know what? He's a very good dancer. (laughs) I was like, what what on earth are you? What is going on? I didn't sign up for this. The whole time we thought you were a rugby player, but... (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you would never, never have mistaken Johan for a rugby player. He was definitely a dancer. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that that happened. And I mean, I had this conversation with a guy um, not too long ago who, um, during one service leading, they were playing one of those songs. You know the, those old school choruses, and they have like a slightly Jewish um, style to them. You know, mm-hmm. Jehovah Jireh, oh, my yeah. provide, you know, yeah, those, yeah, those kind yeah. of things. And um, so it's one of those. And it ended up being him. He was leading the service and he started like a conga line. <laughs> and the whole church ended up going around in this conga line. And I was like, if you, you know, <laughs> just don't, don't even, yeah, I don't even know. I can't. But that might have been a building. You know, someone might have thought that that was a good idea at the time, and it's not expressly forbidden that you can't have a conga line. You know? No, totally. So I, I really admit <laughs> to all the practical difficulties <laughs> that come on, that come along with it. However, I do trust that everyone in all of the elders and all of those involved in leading worship and in our church would have more common sense than that. Right. But because that, I do put that down to common sense. Right. But. Um, so, but I think, I think on that did, though, you know, just coming from that experience, and we've both had a few yeah. of those, and then you know, just yeah. match that up to the reformers' experience of Rome, you know, they've just yeah. seen all their buddies get burned alive, kind of thing, you know, standing yeah. for some fairly basic gospel truth, um, you know, you could you can understand the whole hey, it's common sense is not working, guys. We need something a little bit more rigid. We need to figure out what the heck, you know, the the, the Bible actually says we need to do so that this doesn't happen again, and. Um, and and so, you know, common sense works when it works. That's the problem, you know. Um, but you need something that'll just keep the insanity of of men's insatiable desire to go wayward, you know, at check at certain points is what I'm, I'm thinking. <coughs> but yeah. you know, just just on that point, you know, you mentioned that there are difficulties in gray areas, and you're relying on common sense. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same. Also, a lot of the a lot of the missiles I've seen, you know, launched at the regulative principle. Uh, are things like, well, you know, does the Bible explicitly command that we, um, you know, have a piano or whatever it is? And, mm-hmm. you know, and, okay, but, you know, and like, 
like some people, I, I admit, some people have actually taken it to that level and said, well, then don't, just don't have a piano, you know. And just Well, Spurgeon was like that, wasn't he? Spurgeon right. said no instruments. That's right, yeah. And like, I mean, it's certainly still a big thing, I think, within the Reformed world anyway. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I would just take the same approach there, and I would say, um, and in fact, you know, I think you know, even very strict denominations like the Association of Reformed Baptists in America, ARBCA, um, have, I mean, I don't know that you can get any stricter brothers, you know, but um, I mean, they, they, they have instruments because they've just, that's, that's, uh, it's not what the regulative principle was getting at, you know, they've, they've uh, locked down it's on the It's in line with the spirit of the law kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, there are ways to, to sort of you know, tone it down and uh, maybe in the normative yeah. principle, tone it up, you know, um, so that you are finding a good, healthy space there. But um, so in essence, so in essence, what you're saying is that the regulative principle is saying that there are some things we're commanded to do, which I'm, I'm guessing um, that, you know, based on, on my knowledge of New Testament commands of because because, yeah, sorry, I'm sort of thinking two things at once, but mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's going to be, you have to preach the word, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Um, you have to administer the sacraments. Yes. You've got the elements of the worship service in place. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm. And you have to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to uh, encourage each other in some sort of yeah. forum. Right. So, um, so that's, I'm guessing the four basic things. Am I missing something? Um, okay, so you'd have the call to worship. You need that, I think. That's so thing. why would that, why is that? There is the whole is covenantal formula. Um, it is the, the idea, and that I think is, um, you know, if you did the best thing about this, well, i got to admit it's pretty complex, and I don't know if I'd be able to just spit it out right now. I should well, be able to. Can I, can I refine my question a little yeah, bit? Yeah, my, my question is, why is that kind of thing not the same as the normative? Like this is what I don't get. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. so when I've come across regulative people, um, like it tends to be a very sort of fundamental reading of the Bible. Like right. unless it explicitly said the words, don't mm-hmm. do it. Okay. And um, and uh, whereas and so that's uh, <clears throat> obviously for me a bit of a problem because one we don't have. A New Testament's, you know, service of public worship defined for us. Like we don't have that ever. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we glean and we glean explicit commands here and there, and we put it all together, right? Okay, mm-hmm. but that's not the same thing as being presented with an order of service in the New Testament, which I think really um, um, is is what some regulative people think is happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just don't see that. So. Um, then, so like for me, normative would be saying things like, okay, you take you take the covenants and you take the principles and you take you take basic gospel truths like, um, you know, we come to the Father through the Son. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him, and that that biblical truth determines the way that we. We lead worship. Yeah, that you've got to have repentance. You've got to have confession mm-hmm. of sin. You've mm-hmm. got to have uh, trust in Jesus and all. That. But I, I, you know, it seems to me to fit more like as a normative category because I'm acting on biblical principles rather than on explicit biblical commands. Yeah. Totally. So well, help me. Where am I getting it wrong? Well, just uh, quickly before I forget, the face of God, um, and or actually, um, sorry, not the face of God, a better way um, by Michael Horton. It's the best thing I've seen on this. 
um, so far. Okay. So, you know, just if anyone does want to have a look, it's a great book anyway, you know, so that's just worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I was going to say is he uh, he shows that actually we've underappreciated the reality of not, not so much a New Testament order of service, but a covenantal order of service. Um, and, and so I think this would obviously, well, you know, and we are speaking to a reform crowd here, which, you know, generally speaking, accepts reform theology and the covenants at some level. And so, yeah. you know, at least that that works. You know, maybe maybe for someone in a dispensational category, this would just be water off a, a duck's back. You'd, you'd sort of be assuming what yet has to be proved or or maybe even to just sort of your general evangelical crowd that just see no, like, what? What do you mean covenantal, you know? But for, yeah. for yeah. those to whom this typically matters anyway, um, you know, I think Horton's argument is very powerful. And, and you know, I believe it's true. Um, you know, he just shows you that you have uh, uh, wrapped up in the whole idea of God's covenant with these people at one level or another, right throughout the text, uh, through throughout Scripture, uh, this coming together uh, where you would be called to worship, you would be, you would have an opportunity to confess your sin, you would have an opportunity to hear the word, to have it illumined to you, encouraged by it, that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, you, you pray and, and you'd receive some sort of ironic blessing uh, on your departure. And, and then the whole, um, the whole thing is from that basis, you then go and look at the, the, the various, uh, what could you say, more like um, well-defined um, individual passages, perhaps, you know, where Paul tells mm-hmm. Timothy, preach the word and that sort of thing. And, you know, what is he getting for there? Oh, well, that will fit here. <laughs> and so anyways, the whole point being that there is more than we sometimes appreciate that there is. And in mm-hmm. fact, you might even say that the scripture rules out for a covenant people, any other form. Um, and then and then you go to the historical sort of outworking of this and you see how it's always taken a, a similar form. You know, you've had... You've had, uh, you know, maybe there's some degree of variance, but it's it's all been coming together. You're the word, partake in the sacrament, and move on. Um, and so, uh, how how normal is that? Is that interpretation of or that understanding of the regulative principle? How normal is that? How widespread is that? Because to me, yeah, um, it's always been fairly sort of legalistic. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, um, and, another and, and that's been off-putting to me because I think act on biblical principles rather than simply on, you know, so, so the whole thing about, like, it took me a long while to get my head around why, you know, I met some people who just didn't think you should have music in church, you yeah. know, on the basis that in the New Testament, it never mentions music. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but in the Old Testament, it mentions it a lot. Yeah. And the New Testament never revokes that. No. So, yeah. yeah so, so I, well, a lot of people, I think, have misunderstood the regulative principle, and they've taken stuff that's okay. circumstantial and they've placed it into, you know, the, the actual what this, uh, you know, they've they've uh, misplaced circumstantial cases, you know, and um, yeah. and so th- there is certainly that. But there is also, I mean, we'd be deceiving ourselves to say there isn't a brand of regulative principle out there that is just ridiculous, you know, and 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 legalistic yeah, and yeah. fundamentalist and whatever just uh, okay. another another thought that comes to mind john frame i usually john frame is really ticking me off these days but uh he wrote an article on um on uh the regulative principle that i don't agree with everything but it's just it's very very helpful in pushing back on a lot of that legalistic stuff and um and he's sort okay. of doing what he does best there and and uh, it's, it's available for free. So definitely go check that out. And, you know, I would even want a tighter version of the regulative principle to, to that which he says uh, or would argue for. 
but at least it shows that there is a historically within the regulative principle itself quite a varying degree, even amongst very reformed, very conservative reformed churches, uh, a varying degree of interpretation. And that's just we've got to accept that, you know. Um, but was it um, was Frame's work uh, tria perspectival? <laughs> sure. Was, oh, boy, absolutely. Don't even get me started. Um, and then, um, but yeah. sorry, just one more thing. The thing, the thing yeah. that um, that really sells me on it, because I remember going back and forward, especially coming from a charismatic, uh, you know, scenario for ourselves as a church. You know, I mean, this was this was the in many ways the stylistic big stickler. You know, this was going to be what actually changed the way we felt, and you know, as a church. Less, mm-hmm. less so our doctrine and what was being preached, you know, because we were still preaching and everything was still the same in that sense. But now mm-hmm. we were restricting things. We were, you know, you know, st- we weren't going to have that. Because, I mean, especially with the charismatic thing, you know, it's all about the spontaneity. Hey, this will be a good idea. Let's do this. And this will be encouraging. Let's do this. And this guy yeah. wants to do this. Yeah. You know, and so it goes beyond just decently and in order. It goes, no, <laughs> we're not we're not doing that anymore. And that was a big thing. So we had to work through that. But um, what I was going to say is the reason I got sold on this, I remember I was sitting in one of Jim Renian's classes and uh, we were talking about all this and I was umming and erring and pushing back on the, on some of the texts they use in the Old Testament, the strange fire stuff and everything. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. And, um, and then we sort of moved on in the confession. He was working through the confession to liberty of conscience and circled mm-hmm. back to this idea of regulative principle. And um, it just it just fell on me. It was just like, oh, wow, this is it. I mean, basically, I'll give you. So what he said was, you know, Christ died to to set our consciences free so that we don't. You know, what a horrible thing to go to worship and worry that this conscience that has been set free uh, to now obey Christ alone, you know, not the commandments of men. Uh, will be placed back. Under. And, then, you know, as someone sitting in a church, you, you don't have the power to, you know, you can walk out. That's pretty much all you got, you know, or you can yeah. sit through it and, and it's just bad for you, you know, and it just yeah. it doesn't yeah. help you. It hurts you, even though everyone else is having a good time in their Congo line or, or even something less dramatic. You know, you're, you're yeah, coming you are away. forced. If you go along to the church, you are forced to participate in whatever the guy at the front tells you yeah. is going on. And if that is an unhelpful thing or at least a thing that is just doesn't matter either way. Yeah. Um, you know, you are forced to participate in that when, so, in yeah. fact, that's a binding of the conscience. It's a binding. Yeah, I get that. And, and you know, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Lehman mm-hmm. from, you know, he wrote a great thing. I think it was called um, Regulative Like Jazz, I think was the name of the, the blog mm-hmm. um, on the Nine Marks website. Okay. And it, it makes that point really well. Okay, yeah. excellent. Well, you know, that, that for me is just sold it. I mean, the other day I went to a church on holiday. I went to a Reformed church. It was it was difficult. Yeah. You know, there were many difficult things about it. You know, yeah. all the Reformed stuff, you know, the dryness and the weirdness and the whole mm-hmm. thing. But, man, there was a rest there. It was a safety that no matter what weird thought would come into someone's mind or no matter what, you know, idea someone would have, uh, they had accounted for that in a regulative principle, you know. They had accounted for that, and and everyone knew that they needed to be restricted to, you know, to leave the consciences unbound, and um, and that was. And then yeah. I went to another church, which is also reformed mm-hmm. or Calvinistic at least, where no such principle principle existed. And you know, it was even down to things like I just had to sit through 
you know, I'm at church wanting to worship. I've been called to worship. I want to, you know, I'm now ready. My heart's ready to hear from Jesus through the preaching of the word. And you know what we mm-hmm. had to sit through, bro? Half an hour what? of like an interview between a cell group leader and one of the people at his cell groups, you know, about how awesome cell group is, you know, and you're right. like, you know, like, dude, I was, I was just about to ask you that. I was just about to ask, would you get someone to share their testimony? You know, we used to, we used to do all of this stuff, yeah. but yeah, like you see, the thing is, here's the danger of it. It might be totally not that bad, you know, at the end of the day to get someone to give a yeah. testimony, but it might not be, you know, it might, might actually be not that good either. And mm-hmm. I think it's worth restricting the things that might not be that bad um, for the sake of there being that constant sense of freedom when you come to church. You know, you can trust that, you know, this is not going to be thrown at you. And, and you, you, you know what you're going to get. You've come, you've prepared your heart. You know, you know that you're going to... St- you, wouldn't include, you wouldn't include that kind of thing under the category of each one must bring a prophecy or a song or a hymn or a No, I mean, I've interpreted that to mean, you know, everyone with their respective giftings as operating in the public service. So, you know, you've got the guy gifted for preaching. He preaches. The, the people playing the instruments play the instruments. People singing, sing, uh, you know, leading the singing. Um, now, obviously, like, you know, what we do, for example, is um, we'll have, like, I don't know, someone stand up and lead us in prayer, you know, for, for another church or something. You know, that's yeah. under the general category of prayer for other churches and government and that sort of yeah. thing. Um, and so... Do you, pray, do you pray for the government every week? Um, not every week, but we do. Okay. You know, I maybe need to do so more. But I, I take that text less to mean that you have to do it, you know, every time yeah, you yeah. gather and more just in general, like if your country's going through a crisis kind of thing. Um, you know, obviously you pray for the government or it's not like you're, you're not just... Um, not Anabaptist, but Amish or something, and don't care. Yeah, you know, and you seek the the peace of the country, welfare of the city, and that sort of thing. Um, oh man, I was going to say one more thing, yeah, but I think I lost it. Anyway, mm. yeah. What so about that, um, what about praying for praying for other members? You know, uh, the needs of specific members of the church. Well, I told you. Like I mean, if, we, if someone gets diagnosed with cancer, yeah. cancer or something, would you pray for them? I think I, th- I wouldn't have a problem with it. You know, totally okay. fitting. Uh, you know, to be honest, we don't. So how does that fit with the regulative? Well, it, it's, it falls into the category of you must pray for each other. But that isn't a, a, a command in Scripture that's given in the context of corporate worship, is it? I think it is, yeah, totally. Uh, pray for one another, pray for the government. You know, there's the, the general category well, you, of prayer. The stuff in Timothy, there's uh, the stuff in Timothy about lift up holy hands. Yeah, totally. So the whole, uh, I think that, yeah, I I just put it into that there must that be category. prayer for for um, all the facets. I mean, you got confession of sin. I mean, some people, for example, would go, now we will have our prayer for confession of sin. It comes after the yeah. call to worship, and, and and you see, and now that's where it takes that thing and just makes it too too much. Uh, we would just say, okay, so after you are called to worship, pray, and certainly in your praying, confession of sin is very important, and uh, you know it'll be there. Um, and then, you know, we'll pray for other things. But as a church, you, you ought to pray for a certain number of things uh, as to the frequency and the duration and the, you know, the, the actual yeah, yeah, order yeah. of those prayers. I mean, I think all of that's left to circumstance. Yeah. No, I, I only ask because um, Mark Dever doesn't mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, I know. Totally. Yeah. Um, because, because, you know, the, the only commands to pray 
corporately are ones to pray for public concerns, not right. for private concerns. Totally, yeah, I know. So he I've takes that. the regulative principle a bit more strictly there, mm. and he, to the point where if someone was diagnosed with cancer and said, "Please, can you pray pray for me?" He would say, "Of course, I'll pray for you, but just not tonight. Right, not well. not in the service." Yeah. No, totally. Um, well, I mean, look, I, you know, we don't. Um, and the reason we don't is practical, not because um, there's any necessarily, you know, I mean, look, I would bend this rule, let's put it that way. Um, and okay, have yeah. no problem in doing it. But it's just that, you know how it goes. Sometimes you go to church. Would you and like, sing happy birthday to someone? Never. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> that that for me is like preaching with the Santa hat on, bro. It's like anathema. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm with you 100%. I would sing after the church. It was like what we've done is okay, amen, get some coffee. Hey, guys, happy birthday. Yeah, it's you know, it's a totally different totally, gig. Yeah. yeah, but like mm. there's something about it. Like, guys, okay, we've been doing our, our individual thing. Now we're coming together. God's calling us to, to his mm-hmm. service right now. I'm not welcoming you to GraceNet. God's calling you. And, and we got business to do. You know, there's a thing yeah, that, we, yeah. that, that needs to happen over here. And it is bound by a covenantal formula. And so yeah. let's do this. Let's enter into this solemnly. And then it ends with like a benediction. I love the whole thing. Um, you know, the whole uh, ironic priestly bless, uh, blessing with um, uh, May's face shine upon you. Um, and that's how Israel is about to enter into their enemy territory. You know, they're mm-hmm. being sent out to their enemy territory, you know, in the mm-hmm. world. And, and they, they receive this blessing of the Lord. So powerful, you know. So stuff like that. Just, oh, man, we've got to do that. And then afterwards, hey, amen, we're all hanging out. It's brilliant. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. But um, I, what I was going to say about the individual praying thing is like, yeah. you know, you go to church. I'm just very mindful of this. Like you go to church sometimes and you're like praying for Aunt, Auntie Milda, you know, for the, who's, you know, the, and if you're a visitor, especially you have no idea who this woman is. And uh, it's going on, man. It's like half an hour, and and we pray for, her, you know, her grandkids, and we pray for this, and we pray for this person in hospital. I remember, you know, when we were growing up, you know, whenever we went to church as well, that would be the thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like what is going on? Now, obviously, I don't want to base too much on on my um, I'm getting bored thing, you know, um, <laughs> but it's just there is just a practical reality. If you, especially maybe you can pull it off in a small church at some level. But, you know, how long is that going to be able to go on? And how are you going to get, give everyone their due? You know, so just it doesn't have a very practical way of working yeah. out. So I think probably I, what we do is restrict it to the more general sort of, hey, and please bless those who are ill, especially so-and-so, you know, or, or something yeah. like, like that, you know. Um, but, you know, these things are just us trying to work it out. Common sense, light of nature. Again, confession. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 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 I I guess I, the part of me feels like if regulative and normative are not the best way to put it. Probably, yeah. And a part of me feels like the best of the regulative principle and the best of the normative principle really are very not, not very far apart. That's true. That's true. I suppose you have to decide to fall in one of two ditches. That's the thing. I remember coming to that. That's a, that yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it's obviously not, you're not going to get the best of it. <laughs> you know, you're sort of accounting. You're being a good engineer. You're, you're taking. A, you're having a backup plan. Otherwise, it's no plan at all. You know, and mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. things get gross and nasty and you know crazy, which bucket, which ditch do you would you prefer to fall into? And I think I'd prefer mm-hmm. to fall into the let's let's. Let's hunker down, people. Let's let's tie everything to to the ship. Nothing is no loose moving parts <laughs> at all. You know, <laughs> you know, rather than just go to the crazy other side, which is I've been yeah. there, done that. I don't want it anymore. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Certainly. certainly. Cool, but good talk, man. So we'll get pastoral yeah. care next time. 
<laughs> one time. Yeah. You read, uh, by the way, just uh, to recommend everyone, uh, your, what, you wrote that, like, you've written a few things after that as well, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, so, you just did that uh, witch hunt one as well. Is that right? That's right, the Salem witch trial. So, yeah. yeah, so very yeah. interesting. Go check it out, ChristwoodPursuit.com. That's the one. That's the yeah, one. Well done, Boom, well I know. Well uh, more than just a pretty <laughs> face. Um, okay, sweet. And um, yeah, anyways, great, great, great articles. Looking forward to chatting through those down the line. Um, but thanks, bro. Cool. Thank you. Cool.